0: We know from the therapist tapes from, or the therapist CDs from Security Breach, that Vanessa has daddy issues. Major daddy issues. Uh, me too. Like, me too. Same girl. But, like... Ladies, gentlemen, and those with the good sense to do away with the whole notion, I welcome you to the premier audio medium for all your Fazbear Entertainment needs. The Freddy Fazbear Pizza Podcast. Note FFP is not responsible for any loss pypotypes interest, designed or other legally classified states. So strap in and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Freddy Fazbear Pizza Podcast. It is your host with the Toast Right Toast here, talking about five nights at Freddy's, as we always do. Uh, I missed last week. Um, because a game came out on Thursday and it took me a while to come out with a video, but at the time I was done, it was Tuesday. So I figured it's the holidays. Get off my back. No, (laughs) Um, uh, I definitely missed some of the hype train with this podcast episode, but hopefully this one will make up for it. Um, yeah, obviously we're just going to be talking about Help Wanted 2. Like, what else would this pod... Could you imagine if Help Wanted 2 came out and the next podcast episode was like, so FNAF 3, I really want to dig into the phone guy. Which, like, maybe... That'll probably be a podcast episode at some point. But for today's episode, obviously it's Help Wanted 2. That's all I can think about. That's all I've been playing. That's all anyone's talking about. Why would I not talk about Help Wanted 2 right now? Um... The format of this episode is going to be a little different. Uh, Most of the questions, if not all of them, I pulled for this episode are about Help Wanted, too. So instead of doing discussion and then questions, we'll just mix them together and have, like, the whole thing be a block. And I'll just bring up questions when they're relevant because it'd be hard to, like, talk about Help Wanted and then answer questions later when, like... If I get to that topic, I'll just bring up the question when I get there. So that being said, if you have questions or theories you want talked about or reviewed on this podcast or your creator who wants to collab, reach out to podcast at gmail.com. That email is in the description because it is a pain to type. I recognize that. All right. Without any further ado, help on it, too. Um, I want to before we get into the lore, which is going to be the main chunk of this podcast episode i kind of just wanted to talk about the game because I, ha- I i've just been obsessed with it i've been i want to i've only played it on stream to be clear now i did boot it up outside of stream to get some extra footage but as far as like playing the game i've only been playing it on stream because like my point of view is if i'm going to be playing a fnaf game for two plus hours i might as well stream it you know what i mean <laughs> so i i i You guys have seen as much as I've seen from Help Wanted 2, besides booting it up to look at Chica's hand once. Um, Because for whatever reason, I couldn't find clean footage of that. One of these days, I'll probably do either a stream or maybe I actually will play it offline without my camera on it to get better footage for it. Um, We'll see. I don't know. Maybe Help Wanted 2 will be probably not included in HyperDroid's asset folders because it came out now, and his stuff is almost done. I don't know. I don't know if he's postponing it for Help On It 2. I don't know what his plan is for that. Um, but I will say, when HyperDroid comes out with the like major assets folder, I will be using a lot of those, because my assets are very outdated. I think I still have like two large JPEGs in my asset folder, which uh, if you're an editor, that'll make you cringe. Anyway, um, Help On It 2, as a game, it's interesting, because as a game, it's one of the most it's like one of the funnest games I've played in Five Nights at Freddy's. I've had the most fun playing this game than probably any other FNAF game. Uh, part of that is probably that I'm playing it live with like an audience that I get to talk to and have fun with. But I don't know. It's just it's really, really fun. Um, It's not the, the issue, I guess you could say, is that it's not as scary now. I have to always hold back because I see other people play and they get genuinely scared. So maybe it's just that like I'm more desensitized to horror or finance at Freddy's um, because typically VR horror is like paralyzingly frightening for me. But I was really almost never I I got scared a couple times and I've had I had dread a couple times. But for the most part, I wasn't really necessarily scared. Um, So it's interesting, like as a FNAF game, it's hard to rank as a game that I enjoyed. It's number one. Like, talking about Help Wanted 2, is it's just such a fun game to play. I want to just keep playing it. I want endless modes for the games that are in there. It's so fun. It's such a well-crafted VR game experience. It is so, so fun. But it's not that scary, right? Like, with Help Wanted 1, I don't really find myself going, oh, I want to go back and play Help Wanted 1. Something about it, I like. There's a couple mini games I like playing in Help Wanted One, like the Foxy, uh, the Foxy Ride, or uh, Vent Repair, and stuff like that. Like there are things in Help Wanted One that I I still like Help Wanted One before I like Dog on Help Wanted One for a bit. If I were to rank my top three FNAF games, it's Help Wanted Two, Five Nights at Freddy's One, Help Wanted One. So like I love Help Wanted One. Do not get me wrong. But Help Wanted 1, to me, just it's not as fun. And I think it's held back by the fact that the majority of Help Wanted 1 is just stuff we've already seen because that's what it was meant for. Um, Whereas Help Wanted 2 was almost entirely brand new experiences, if not just entirely brand new experiences um, and reimaginings of like older experiences. And it's interesting. Help Wanted 1 to this day frightens me. Um, I get scared a lot of playing Help Wanted One, particularly the Night Terrors levels, like the 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 plush trap and Nightmare Balloon Boy sections, and all of the Fnaf Four levels. Like those levels genuinely frighten me, and they're pretty damn scary. Help Wanted Two doesn't really have anything that scary in it, at least not as scary as that, to me. Um, like the title screen is still pretty unsettling, especially with baby right behind your shoulder. But actually playing the game, I was more like in awe and having fun than I was genuinely scared. Um, and again, it, when it comes down to it, is that because I've played every FNAF game so goddamn much that I'm becoming desensitized? Because I do know I'm desensitized to horror games. Uh, that was a wake-up call when I had uh, my wife, uh, Amy, wonderful, wonderful wife. I love her very much. I had her play Poppy's Playtime on stream, because I knew it would be good content. Um, and it sh- it kind of shocked me how deeply scared she was. And, like, halfway through Poppy Playtime Chapter 2, I was like, hey, like, do you want me to take over? Is this too much? And she genuinely like, I-, I, hel- I, like, moved the mouse from then on out, and we worked together at it so I could, like, help her experience the game, but not be too frightened, you know? And it wasn't something that occurred to me, because to me, Poppy Playtime Chapter 2 was not scary at all. Like, not even a little scary. So... Maybe I'm just desensitized because um, I know like I was watching uh, John FNAF um, during I watched pretty much all of his streams for I think I like missed the very last one um, for help wanted two and seeing him genuinely get like very scared at certain sections. I was like, oh, maybe maybe I'm maybe I am just maybe this whole thing is just my damage. Maybe I'm just desensitized to horror and Five Nights at Freddy's in general that I'm not going to be scared. But because of that, I'm not going to dock it too much for being not scary. Especially because of how fun it is. Like if I were to compare Help Wanted Two to Help Wanted One, if Help Wanted One is this fun and this scary, Help Wanted Two is like this scary. Okay, let's let's do a scale better than this. Put the bottom of the scale right here. Hopefully this is in frame. Bottom of the scale is right here. Top of the scale is like right here. Is if Help Wanted One is right here for fun and scary, Help Wanted Two takes fun and puts it here. And then scary goes down to, like, here. Where, like, it's... Hell Wanted 2, in my opinion, is so much more fun than it is less scary. So it makes up for that fact, in my opinion. Um, It's just so goddamn fun. Steel Wool, if you are watching this podcast, first off, thank you for supporting. Thank you for coming and checking out. Thank you for making a great fucking game. Um, But... Endless mode for food prep, please. Please endless mode for food prep. It is so fucking fun. Endless mode for Fazer Blast, like the FNAF 2 Fazer Blast level. Just make it endless. Just make it go until you get jump scared. I would play the hell out of that. Um, anyway, so (laughs) those are just very, very fun minigames. I really, really like Fazer. I think if I had to rank, they tweeted out, what are your top five minigames? And I didn't I didn't respond to it because holidays, but and I didn't have time to, like, sit down and think about it, but if I had to rank top five minigames, okay, L-Chips is held back because it's the first level and it's easy. But the movie level is held back because it's, like, you have to deal with other bullshit. So the pizza food prep level is perfect. And I still, I think I like L-Chips stuff you have to do more than the pizza level. I think there's more combinations at L-Chips, but it's too easy, which is why it's held back. So just to represent all of food prep, my favorite food prep level, pizza. But I think that's higher up. So let's start from five. So if we're going five, four, three, two, one in my top five. Number five, first aid lefty. First, sorry, first aid helpy. I keep saying lefty because that's the last one I would play in the speed run. But first aid helpy is really silly and really fun um in a way that, but it's still a little scary right like seeing scrap baby and lefty like coming up at you quick that's good that's really fun so and it's it's unsettling you know it's not like terrifying but it, it really you're like what you know like the first time you play especially so probably number five lefty number four hmm Number 4, it's hard cuz I really like a lot of these levels. I think number 4 I'm going to give to Breaker Room. Breaker Room Funtime Freddy. Because it, something it's just really satisfying to play. Something about it, they really encapsulated they really encapsulated the Breaker Room from Sister Location but in a way that's like really fun and intuitive for VR and it feels good to do. Um I think I'm going to give it to Funtime Freddy over Yendo. I think Yendo is genuinely scarier. They actually made Yendo scary, which is, like, impressive. But I just love Funtime Freddy's voice so much that I'm going to give it to Funtime Freddy. Um, so, number four, Breaker Room Funtime Freddy. Number three. Man, number three. Do I give it to Foxy Log I think I do. As much as I really love the Log Flume from Help Wanted 1 and... Well, it was a ride in Help Wanted 1 and then the Log Flume in Help Wanted 2. It's really, really fun. It's just not quite as fun as the other ones. I think because it's... I don't know. I think I just have beef with it because it's so long. And if you miss one of the stars, you have to restart when you're going for the any percent... When you're going for Consequences percent. Um, so I think I think that's probably why it's a little bit lower. And it's not, it has to be long. That's the point of the fucking game. Um... But it is genuinely really fun. I just like shooting stuff. Um, and speaking of, number two, Phaser Blast FNAF 2. So it's it could be a little more clear. Still, if you're going to add anything, maybe explain the camera mechanic in the instructions. If you did and I missed it. That's on me. But when I was first playing it, I genuinely thought the minigame was broken because the cameras kept coming up and I didn't know what to do. So I just kept like shooting random cameras and then keeping the marionette at bay, not realizing that what you have to do is check the cameras to find an animatronic and then respond accordingly. Once I knew that, it was actually really fucking fun, especially because the ball-throwing mechanic, what I'm very bad at and don't like very much, is simplified. It's just, hey, the give the give cake to the children kids, keep popping up, hit them with the balls, Make them go away. Consolidated. And also foxy. Than it was uh, always make sure to do the marionette and like a thing that I hate in FNAF 2, but it works in FAZZER Blast, and then respond differently to the different animatronics. Note they somehow the Fazerblast Blast FNAF 2 is a better FNAF game than FNAF 2 is. I don't know if that's the hot take for the episode, but I think they, the Fazer Blast version of FNAF 2 is a better FNAF game than the original FNAF 2 game mainly because. For the most part, you respond in a different way to most animatronics. Where, like, one of my biggest problems with FNAF 2 is it's, one, the music box, put on your mask. Those are the two mechanics. Everything else is filler. Sure, you have to use your lights, but you have to use your lights so you know if you put on your mask. Everything is either put on your mask, check the music box. And in a game with such a huge roster as FNAF 2, that's frustrating. Because to me, it's like, okay, you have the toys, you have the withards, you have Foxy, you have the marionette. That's even if we just cluster them and Balloon Boy. Even if we just cluster them and just give all of the toys and Balloon Boy mechanic, all of the withers a mechanic, Foxy a mechanic, a marionette mechanic. Then that would be one, two, three, four different mechanics, you know? But they don't. The only mechanic is one the music box and then check your lights in office and put on your mask if you have to. Like, I, whereas in Phaser Blast FNAF 2, there's vents, which you have to shoot, there's foxy, which you have to throw, there's marionette, which you have to check, and there's toy Freddy, which you have to mask. Already, more mechanics than FNAF 2. So, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a more, I, I genuinely think Phaser Blast FNAF 2 is a more effective FNAF game than the original FNAF 2. I Maybe it's just my, maybe I'm just being a hater. Um, But. Regardless, I it's very, very fun. I find myself going back to that one a lot now that I understand it. Um, and then number one, nobody's surprised, pizza, food prep. It's so fucking fun. Food prep is fun. Food prep is so fun. I want to do food prep forever. I want it. My perfect food prep level, L-chips, amount of stuff, hard difficulty, chica's there because i really like chica and food prep i think she's really fun she's really cute it's like how she's like pointing out the is that for me like that's funny she's still threatening like it's great um but the pizzas are kind of easy to make to me i don't know it's there's only like three total options whereas like at least in el chips it's like the six foods which can each have any of three sauces the drinks uh the sides you know el chips is more diverse in its food but it's easier in its scope because it's the first level. You know what I mean? So I just want endless L-chips where it can get really, really difficult. Maybe one day. Um. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> it's been like 15 minutes. I haven't talked at all about the amazing amount of lore in this game. Just because it's really fucking fun. I think this game is really fun. And I like playing it a lot. I want more excuses to play it. You guys are probably hearing a dog walk above me. But whatever. It's fine. Um, so let's actually talk about the lore of Help Wanted 2, because there is a lot of lore. There is so much lore packed into this game. I was hearing, it was strange, on Twitter, there was like, like, don't get me wrong, like 99% of people I saw on Twitter were like, hey, this game's fucking peak. But there were some, there was a lot of, like, a weird amount of people on Twitter who were either saying that the game's garbage, which, like, you just want to hate on Modern faf. And two, this was the confusing thing. A lot of people were like, man, there's like no lore in this FNAF game. What are you fucking on about? It is packed with lore. It is probably one of the most lore-dense endings I've ever fucking seen. Not only that, but there was also a sect of FNAF fans. And I don't know any of them by name, obviously. But I kept seeing it on Twitter. And I don't want to ascribe it to any chunk of the fandom. But I do think I know what chunk of the fandom was m- primarily doing this. I don't want to get into it, but there was a large chunk I saw, like not huge, but like a surprisingly amount of people, surprisingly large amount of people on Twitter and on Reddit who were mad because FNAF Help Wanted 2 doesn't immediately like make clear sense. And it's like weird and interpretive. Like I saw people being like, the ending makes no fucking sense. What the hell is this? This is just more questions. I'm like, have you never played a FNAF game? Every FNAF game is just more questions. That's why 90% of us like this franchise. It's a big mystery. Like, it was so weird to me to see FNAF, people who call themselves FNAF fans, look at a new FNAF game with mysteries in it and go, why are there mysteries in it? You know what I mean? And part of it, I heard someone would be like, oh, well, there was mysteries in the past, but this is just arbitrary and weird. But that is the evolution of the medium. Like, in the past, in the earlier FNAF games, we had the 8-bit minigames, which gave us teases of lore, but they were interpretive and weird. Obviously, in a VR game like this, you can't really do 8-bit minigames anymore. Like, why would you? That was a limitation of the medium, is why that was done. Now, if we have this, like, new grand scope and budgets and all this, you get endings like the Vanny ending. The Princess Quest ending. I think the Princess Quest ending is the modern equivalent of an 8-bit minigame. It's something weird. It's interpretive. It doesn't make direct sense, but it's trying to tell us about the lore. I think that's the translation. It makes a lot of sense to me anyway that, like, 8-bit minigames were unclear because of their art style. But now that the art style is really good and clear, they have to be unclear by being abstract. And I think that's what we're seeing in the Princess Quest ending. Um, But speaking of, let's move over to lore. So, again, I'm going to be... Sprinkling in questions from the uh, the email on here. Um, I don't have any from the Spotify. I didn't see any. I think it's just because the most recent episode was two weeks ago, and people hadn't been promoting hub wanted questions, or I just missed it. Um, these are primarily from the email. But if you're on Spotify, you can submit questions through Spotify. I do look at that. Um, I just have such a big backlog of questions to go through. Um, But if you want to email them, the email, once again, is freddyfazbearpizzapodcast at gmail.com in the description as well to copy and paste. But uh, I think, are we going to start with a question or are we going to get to a question? I think we're going to get to a question. So let's start with talking about the endings. So the endings are interesting to me. There's, from what I understand, two endings to help on it too. One where you just beat every minigame, get all the Fazforce Transformers, and you get the Fazbot or whatever, Battlebot, I forget what it was exactly called. And then you get the ending where Glitchtrap is back. What's interesting to me, and I don't know if people have pointed this out yet, um, again, to be clear, Glitchtrap is seemingly in the real world now, or at least it's a representation and showing that Glitchtrap has been put in the Mimic. Um, then we get surrounded by staff bots, and we wake up within Maskbot. Which I don't know if that's a direct like, bo- uh, uh, our player is literally inside of Maskbot now, or we're just seeing what the next events are. I'm not sure. Um, but what's the most interesting to me, I think, is the de- is Force, right? How interesting that the main collectible that progresses the actual main like. First ending and story of this game is a bunch of animatronic toys. Animatronic toys that turn into one thing, which primarily has a rabbit head on it. Is that not like alarm bells in your head? It is for me because for a long time, I've been a proponent that the remnant that goes into the fun times. We're going to get very – I'm not going to be explaining every term here just because we'll be here forever if I do. Um, sorry if I lose you. I'm going to get really deep in the weeds for a second. I've been a long-time proponent of the theory that the remnant that goes into the fun times for experimentation first comes from melting down the toy animatronics after FNAF 2 closes. So the FNAF 2 newspaper says we're scrapping the toy animatronics and we're keeping the old ones. When I hear scrapping, we now have five un an un or six technically with Balloon Boy, unaccounted for animatronics. No, five. Cause it's, well, six with the puppet. Cause it would be a Freddy, Bonnie, Chica, Foxy, Balloon Boy puppet. So six. We have six unaccounted for, uh, toy animatronics, which. I mean, William would know where they are and he needs Remnant for his experiments. So why not melt down the toys? Um, Are the toys haunted? I don't think so. I've always thought for... I've been thinking for a while that the Withered animatronics... It mentions that their parts are used to re- to repair the toy animatronics. And we know that Remnant clings to the metal it's in. At least we know. It's highly suspected that Remnant clings to the metal. That's like Remnant is like the med- the substance created when you combine soul with metal. Right? so And we know that you can inject Remnant. So I think a rudimentary version of that is happening when the toys are being repaired. Where pieces from the withers are being put into the toys a.k.a. pieces of those souls, are being moved to the toys. That being said, the fun times form into Ennard. So in a way, the toys are split apart and put into the fun times and then formed together into Ennard. And now we have literally toy animatronics combining into one. But the interesting thing to note is that Ennard is very much against William, whereas the the Fazbot, whether it's just for detail or what, has that rabbit head. So to me, it's almost positing William's controlling something. That's what I, and that could be me looking way too into something, but the fact that the animatronic head is a rabbit makes me think that while I was saying talking about Ennard a second ago, maybe it's not talking about Ennard. Maybe it's talking about the Tangle the thing from the end of security breach in the basement that big blobby that we called it the blob for a while but the file said it's called the tangle um, well again the file said it's called the tangle we d- we still don't know um, if we use file names as confirmation of real names then like golden freddy is yellow bear so um that's not confirmation at all but i think tangle is a cooler name than the blob so we're gonna, and we know the blob isn't its canon name so um but it's interesting to think about that the Tangle is an amalgamation of a bunch of things. And the amalgamation of a bunch of things we get help on a two has a rabbit head. So is this Fazbot trying to imply that the Tangle at some point becomes possessed or controlled by either Afton or the Mimic or something like that, you know? Because it is interesting to think about. Actually, okay, cogs are turning. I might be talking crazy here, but hear me out. Bake with me. We're pretty certain that, uh, that Burn Trap or the Mimic or whatever iteration it is doesn't have William Afton's soul or Agony in it. At least I'm pretty sure. Maybe Burn Trap does because the Agony is like in the flesh of Scrap Trap. I could see that. But at least as far as the Mimic goes, I don't see the Mimic as having Agony. Its eyes are light and orange, you know. It seems more programmed than anything. Um... And with Glitchtrap, Glitchtrap I don't think has agony in him either. It's more so that code that's replicating what it's seeing. If we're going off the the way the mimic works. The Tangle definitely has agony in it. And we are pretty sure that the Tangle doesn't like Burntrap. Seeing that Burntrap ending where it sees it, screams it, grabs it, and we don't see it again. And then the next time we see the Tangle, he's running off. I wonder if Burn Trap? Okay, this might be super out there. But I wonder if Fazbots is telling us that an amalgamation is what's controlled by Afton. That's what's controlled by Afton, in amalgamation. Which would be the Tangle. So, so Afton might... Okay, again, this is crazy. This is what podcasts are for. Afton might still be in play. But not with the Mimic. The Mimic is the recreation of Afton. It's it's mimicking him. But Afton's agony was on Burn Trap, which after the Burn Trap ending, if it happened in some way, has been taken into the Tangle, and just the mimic was left behind. But now Afton's agony is what's controlling the Tangle, and once it is, it skedaddles. It gets out of there. It leaves. We see it in Ruin. Right at the beginning, it's leaving. It burrowed its way out of there, and it's getting free. So I wonder if Ruin is setting up, and Help 1-2 in a way, is setting up that Afton is still in play, but not as Glitch Trap, Burn Trap, The Mimic, anything like that. Afton's now in the Tangle, and his hatred and agony is a new separate threat along with The Mimic. That could be really interesting. I don't know. It seems really out there. But if that's true, then I definitely want someone to take that Sonic Adventure 2 uh, cutscene where Shadow confronts Sonic. And he's like, you fake hedgehog, you're the faker. Like, do that, but with the <laughs> with Tangle and the mimic. That'd be really funny. Um, but before we get off of this ending, uh, we do have a question here that I think is relevant to bring up. Artashi, him, thank you for your question. Are we even a human... While we play and not so this I sorry I took it out of a larger email and I thought I got all of it I think I missed the like intro to the question, but um the essential question is are we even a human while we play and not a staff bot getting trained on footage of someone maybe Cassie's da- Cassie's dad, I've heard that, I don't think that makes much sense, so I have heard people say that like what if we're a staff bot being trained on memories like a mimic would, I understand that, but it to me it doesn't track mainly because of the va- the fact that we have the vanny mask right which i don't think would work on a robot there's another actually really minor point the mini games you could argue are all like memories or logs and like that could be training it but within the actual lobby of the pizzeria where we would be essentially that staff bot you can go to the food area and eat food and you hear like to me what sounds like a masculine voice eat and sometimes burp i don't think a staff bot can eat or burp so like that feels like it's pretty conclusive not a staff bot um but you never know you know i think it's possible i i i see us playing as cassie's dad um and i guess we'll get into that with his next question because uh, so i i don't have a question about cassie's dad specifically but i have an explanation for a question because of cassie's dad so if you guys haven't seen um, my Who Are We Playing As video, um, I think it makes the most sense that we're playing as Cassie's dad. And that's not a stretch. I feel like the majority of the fandom is like, yeah, we're probably playing as Cassie's dad. Cassie's dad is a mysterious character who gets introduced in the most recent release of FNAF. To, and we specifically are told he had a faz wrench and we're pretty sure he worked there and we're pretty sure he loved Bonnie. And then the next game, we're playing as someone who probably works at the pizzeria, who knows about a faz wrench, who uses the faz technician mask, and seems to like Bonnie. So, like, it's pretty. Cl- it's probably Gazzy's dad. And that would also back up Carney being like, hey, you look like you have kids. Um, the fact that we sound masculine when we're eating and burping. Um, it-, it lines up with a lot of interesting things. But it also explains a disappointing absence. So, a lot of us missed... A lot of us were kind of, like, a little sad about this, which I agree with. Um, But, Crimson, he, him, thank you for your question. I was wondering why you think Monty wasn't really in Help Wanted 2. Right? Monty's fucking nowhere. You can unlock Monty's model. There are Monty obstacles and Bonnie Bowl. And in the gutter ball animation, Monty crushes a Bonnie bowling ball. Which, hey... That's pretty I don't but Bonnie looks like he got literally crushed with a bowling ball on the head when we see him in ruin and then the game literally gives us an animation of a Monty bowling ball crushing a Bonnie bowling ball. I'm sorry. Like I look, Monty defenders, I hear you. It's like 99.9% Monty killed Bonnie. I'm sorry. Like it makes so much sense at this point. I think you're I think you're on copium if you don't think so. Now, I'm not saying Monty did it willingly. I still think Monty did it from the orders of Vanny like programmed hey do this or because of the glitch trap virus lost control I don't think it was like I personally don't think it's Monty's jealousy I think it's Monty losing control or being controlled regardless um Monty definitely killed Bonnie but if we are playing his cast so it was really disappointing that Monty doesn't show up At all in Help Wanted 2. Especially because he's kind of a fan favorite. I feel like people really like Monty. So it's weird that he didn't show up at all. Um, But at least lore wise. I think it does make sense. If we're playing as Cassie's dad. Bonnie was Cassie's dad's favorite. And when we're going through the gallery. We see a shattered. Destroyed Glamrock Bonnie. But never the real one. And we do get a regular Monty, Monty, but we don't see Monty in Shattered form or any other version of Monty. We only get the first version of Monty. To me, the storytelling of this game is kind of like Cassie's dad doesn't like being around Monty. If Cassie's dad knew that Monty destroyed Bonnie and Bonnie was his favorite, whether or not he knew Monty controlled himself, just like his daughter... Monty might just be hard to look at he doesn't like hanging out around him so I think the lack of inclusion of Monty is just Cassie's dad avoiding Monty and not wanting to be around the guy who destroyed his favorite animatronic which again that sucks because I love Monty and you don't know how fucking stoked I would have been if we got Monty's gator golf in VR that would have been so fucking cool and hey still old, DLC DLC maybe Maybe we get a DLC. They said we're not planning to add anything major, and that's fair. He made a great game, but VR Gator Golf would be super fucking cool, and Monty can be there and hang out. Just saying. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe the DLC we play as Vanny and she's cool with Monty. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um. That was another thing. When I was still doing predictions, I was so, so set on the fact that we were playing as Vanessa. And I really, now that I've played it, I just think that's straight up wrong. I don't think that makes any sense, especially with the Princess Quest ending. I think the Princess Quest ending is pretty hard evidence that we're not playing as Vanessa or Vanny. But speaking of Princess Quest ending, I, I... I disagree with a lot of the fandom. I've seen a lot of people interpret the Princess Quest ending as Vanny breaking free from Glitchtrap but remaining as Vanny. And to me, that doesn't really make narrative sense. Vanessa has always been the reluctant follower. So why, if she gets rid of Glitchtrap, why would she remain as Vanny? That doesn't make sense to me. But what I think does kind of make sense and i think it explains a mystery that we've been confused about like like it's been brought up by john FNAF and on by scott himself on reddit he tends to like to clair- scott tends to like to clarify questions from previous games in the next game and i think one of those questions is what's the deal with gregory cuz the books imply that gregory is an afton slave just like vanny but we get to security breach and he's like kind of dazed and confused at the beginning but he's never an, a slave to glitchtrap And I think this game is telling us why. Um, And I think it's because the same thing happens to Cassie's dad. So in the Princess Quest ending, I think it's us becoming another Vanny, another GGY from the books, which is Gregory's persona, kind of. Gregory's persona is Dr. Rabbit, but he uses GGY in the arcades and the animatronics and stuff like that. And I think the game is leaning on that because one of the achievements in, is uh, blah, blah, blah. one of the achievements you can get for getting a bunch of high scores is called GGY. So I think I wanted to is leaning into GGY being a thing. and I mean security breach had GGY over so many arcade machines in the Princess Quest ending we do what Vanny does in Help Wanted 1. Help Wanted 1, when you want to talk to Glitchtrap, you get your Vanny mask, put it on, and you hold the Glitchtrap plushie, and suddenly you're connected to Glitchtrap. You only get the Glitchtrap plushie in Help Wanted 1 after you defeat Glitchtrap, a.k.a. get locked away and become Vanny. That's when you get the Glitchtrap plushie. And I think that's on purpose. I think the Glitchtrap plushie is the game's, like, arbitrary interpretation of having Glitchtrap in your mind, right? Glitchtrap's no longer a thing around you. You have this reminder of him, this little plushie, but he's in your mind now. And I think the same thing happens with Cassie's dad. I think we get to the end of Princess Quest Four. We have our Vanny mask, and we get the Glitchtrap plushie. The it is a fair trade we'll come back to. But then, once you have your Vanny mask and the Glitchtrap plushie, I think Vanny finds you. I think the Princess Quest ending is showing us that Vanny, while Vanessa might be a reluctant follower, Vanny wants to be Glitchtrap's only follower. We know from the therapist tapes from, the therapist CDs from Security Breach, that Vanessa has daddy issues, major daddy issues. Uh, Me too, like me too, same girl, but like, (laughs) like, God, I kind of want that to be the cold open. (laughs) Um, anyway, so we we know that Vanessa has daddy issues, and part of that is that Vanny is so devoted to Glitchtrap, but Vanessa's terrified of him. Because Vanny is so devoted to Glitchtrap, I do wonder if she's so devoted that she wants to be his only apprentice, that Vanny is maybe jealous of other followers of Glitchtrap. And I think that's what we might be seeing at the end of the Princess Quest ending, that Vanny realizes Glitchtrap's about to get another follower, and she nips it in the butt. She takes Glitchtrap out of Cassie's dad, literally takes the plushie away from him, and holds Glitchtrap. And people have zoomed in on Glitchtrap. When she crushes him, Glitchtrap seems afraid. He's, like, doing this, he's trembling, and she crushes him. But she's still Vanny. Glitchtrap is a Mimic One program that can learn and replicate, and assumedly can replicate itself and infect other things. I don't think she's killing Glitchtrap. I think she's taking the piece of Glitchtrap out of Cassie's dad and destroying that piece of him. This piece of code that thought it could get another apprentice. No, 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 we don't need that. Get rid of it. I've got my own Glitchtrap. I think it's Vanny being jealous and leaning on that The clarification I talked about earlier, I think this is Help on it 2 telling us why Gregory isn't GGY. We've been trying to figure out who, so it's pretty heavily speculated that Balloon World is the arcade machine that held Gregory's mind. Right, Princess Quest seems to hold Vanny's mind. It's not guaranteed, but it seems like Princess Quest is what's holding Vanny's mind back. That's why in the Princess Quest ending, when you beat Princess Quest 3, Vanessa is seemingly freed of Vanny. (laughs) <laughs> Which is interesting because Princess Quest IV exists, so that's another theory for another time. But regardless, because of that, it was speculated that the balloon water arcade machine in the daycare loft is what held Gregory's mind. But when we we're playing Security Breach, Balloon World seems to have already been beaten. After all, like you can do the like glitch and like get into a glitchy thing, but then it shows like Eclipse and it says like Good night or something like that, and it ends. So the theory goes that somebody must have played that and broke Gregory out of the glitch trap control, and that's what kicks off Security Breach. Gregory is no longer controlled by glitch trap, but now he's like, we need to shut this shit down. And I think that was Vanny's mistake. And Help Wanted 2 is showing us Vanny learning from her mistakes. Help Wanted 2 shows us Vanny taking Glitchtrap out of Cassie's dad and freeing him from Glitchtrap, but this time she knows not to let him go. She freed Gregory from Glitchtrap, but didn't consider what he would do once freed. Now that she knows that that could ruin all of her plans like it does in Security Breach, she's smart enough to wait until Cassie's dad is deep deep in the sauce, before she takes Glitchtrap out. And once he's in there, she just leaves him to rot. Now he can't turn around and fuck over her plans. That's that's my current interpretation of Security Reach and Help Wanted 2, is that Vanny is being jealous of any other servant of Glitchtrap. So when G.G.Y. is created, she frees Gregory from Glitchtrap, been like, no, 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 no G.G.Y. No, no, no. Because, I mean, in the G.G.Y. story... Gregory refers to himself as the wizard's favorite apprentice. That had to get under Vanny's skin. So Vanny's like, no, 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 you're not You're not a servant to Glitchtrap, only I am. But then Gregory wakes up and he's like, whoa, this is fucked, and like destroys everything. So now she has to deal with that, but while she's dealing with that, she notices Cassie's dad tries to get turned as well. And she's like, no, 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 but this time she's like, wait, if I just free him, he's going to do a Gregory, but probably better because this guy's an adult. A kid was able to foil me. God forbid an actual knowledgeable adult. So let me free him. But before I do, let me make sure he's like mentally stuck in the digital world or whatever. And then I'll free him. That's my interpretation of it. But speaking of Princess Quest, we have a couple questions about Princess Quest. Understandably so. So two questions about the graves at the end of Princess Quest, which I think is a really interesting conversation. One of them, we'll start with this next one. Ollie Heathay, thank you for your question. The order of deaths is now confirmed, as Susie Fritz Jeremy Gabriel cast the Charlie. I do want to point out, not technically confirmed, but as confirmed as anything gets in this franchise. If Susie is truly the first now, that means Crying Child dies last, after Charlie, but possibly before Elizabeth, which prompts the creation of the fun times. So why does William cause the MCI if he hasn't discovered Remnant yet and none of his children have yet died? Thank you for your question, Ollie. I've got no fucking clue. They raise a great point in this question. I've got no fucking clue. Um, so a lot of people, I think it's copium. I'm going to be so, uh, this is like, I'm much more charitable in like actual well-scripted videos podcast. I'm off the dome. We get so little clear and concise information in this game. So little clear and concise information in this game. FNAF 6 gives us six tombstones. Four of them are labeled. One of them is obscured. One of them is far away. We all agree. Missing child incident, including Cassidy and Charlotte. We all agree that's what that means. And now... Sorry, my chair keeps rolling away from me. In a game that's clarifying so much lore for us, we get six tombstones... Which are labeled specifically with the five animatronics involved in the missing child incident and the puppet. Not only are they labeled, they are numbered. And people wanna say that it's a random puzzle and it's not telling us the order of deaths. I'm sorry, that's gotta be copium. You're coping, you're coping. I was wrong. Look, I'm not saying this is like, oh, you guys are wrong and I've always been right. No! I'm also getting proved wrong by this. This goes against every theory I've ever said, because I've always been so adamant that the MCI being first makes no fucking sense. But I think this is what it's arguing, is that the MCI was first, Susie, Chica, was the first who saw everything, Charlotte happened next, I'll go one step further. I think this whole sequence is the order of events. I think it's the graves, MCI, Charlotte's grave, Charlotte dies, the Bonnie mask, Crying Child dies. Sister Location Elevator, Elizabeth dies. It is the progress of events. I think this whole section is finally telling us the actual order of the early timeline in this game. Because, by and way, that is the thing everyone's been wanting to know, is what is the early order of events so we can start actually fleshing out a real timeline. And I think this game is telling us, Missing Child Incident, Susie, Foxy, Bonnie, Freddie, Golden Freddy, I think it was. I could have said that wrong. But missing child incident, starting with Susie, ending with Cassidy. Then Charlotte Emily. Then the crying child. Then Elizabeth Afton. Elizabeth Afton being last makes sense. That's always made sense. Because, like, the fun times, you need a good reason to make the fun times. The crying child not being first is wild to me. Because, like, it seems like such an inciting incident to me. But, again, in the FNAF 4 minigames, the kids are already saying that, like, oh, don't you know kids go missing at night at this place? So, it seems like that was always planned, that the crying child didn't die first, and that the missing child incident fueled those rumors. The contentious thing that a lot of people are saying proves this wrong is Charlotte. Because Charlotte, in every other thing that we've known, probably dies first. It's been speculated she dies at Fredbear's, not, not confirmed, it's been speculated. This game links 1983 with Charlotte. Any animatronic could have been in that hole, but they put the one non-missing child incident hole, or the one non-missing child incident kid in the 1983 hole. So if you're going to link 1983 to Charlotte, is that not the date she dies? But if that is the date she dies, that's also, that's also the date that the crying child dies, which could be the same year, sure. But the problem is that, the problem with that. It's never been confirmed in game, but in the book in, in several different books, it's been implied or even directly stated at times that the missing child incident takes place in 1985. That also lines up with the games, cuz 1987 the missing child incident had already happened and 1985 is before then. But if 19, but if the missing child incident actually took place in 1985 and Charlotte dies 1983, it would have to be before. But these graves are arguing otherwise. So, I think the missing child incident is first. But I think this is saying that the missing child incident, Charlotte, and the crying child all died in 1983. I don't know what prompted the missing child incident, and I will get into what I think might be. But after the missing child incident, security bu- the security puppet is made. That tracks. That makes a lot of sense to have the security puppet be made after the missing child incident. You would need security. Something's going on. Then Charlotte Emily dies. Now, Henry Emily probably leaves the franchise. With it, so does the security puppet. Or at least it's downgraded to not be a security puppet anymore. And without a security puppet, the crying child dies. That, that domino of events makes a lot of sense. And then after the crying child dies, you make the fun times Elizabeth dies. Looking at this timeline, it makes perfect domino effect sense to go missing Child Incident, security puppet, Charlotte Emily, No security puppet, crying child, fun times, Elizabeth Afton. That makes perfect logical sense. But then there's one fucking problem. Why does the missing child incident happen in the first place? We don't have an answer on that yet. But I am very, very, very willing to bet that it has something to do with Fall Fest. So if you're not in the know, Help Wanted 1 had a DLC where it was Curse of Dreadbear. And it was Halloween-themed. But it was set at Fall Fest of 83. Never explained why. It just is. But like 1983, that's weird. And you can see the FNAF 4 house on the hill. It's like, that's fucking weird. Why is it Fall Fest of 83? Help Wanted 1 refers to the Fall Fest of 1970. And both in Help Wanted 1 and a little bit in in Help Wanted 1, but mostly in Help Wanted 2, the Fall Fest keeps getting lit on fire. The carousel is lit on fire. Phaser blast is lit on fire. In Curse of Dreadbear, Grim Foxy's always on fire. I don't know what it is because we have no answers on it. Maybe that carnival game that got teased in, not teased, that got leaked essentially in Ruin, where one of the files was maybe tease Carnival, ask JTOP. Maybe that carnival game is Fall Fest. And if it is Fall Fest, maybe that's whatever started all of this. I don't know what happened in Fall Fest. Neither do you. Nobody does. But the Fall Fest could be why the missing child incident happens. I don't know. But if that's true, the timeline would be Fall Fest, missing child incident, security puppet, Charlotte, no security puppet, crying child, fun times, Elizabeth. And that's a pretty fucking good timeline. There's another point against Charlotte not being first. And this question brings it up very well. Um, this que- it's more actually kind of answers it, so I'll pose the question first. The question is, well, if Charlotte isn't first, then in the Henry FNAF 6 speech, why does he say a wound first inflicted on me that I let fester into all of this? A wound first inflicted on me sounds like you killed Charlotte, I didn't do anything, and now all this happened. Which would imply Charlotte is first. Seeker has a pretty—the uh, Seeker, or seeks. if I'm feeling fun, is what they wrote. Uh, he, him, thank you for your question. Uh, thank you for your theory. It's a decent explanation. I don't know if it's true, but it's one of those things that, like, it's a decent explanation. FNAF wanted two is out, and we possibly got the missing child death order. What if all the children included in it were a personal attack against Henry by William, as if William was telling Henry that all of this was against him? It would make this. It would make sense with Henry saying it was a wound first inflicted on him. That's interesting. If so, and we're, we're delving into fan fiction here because we have no evidence for this, but I wonder if somehow, someway, Fall Fest was something William created or something William had. And in some tragic way, maybe Henry ruined it. That could be why the missing child incident was done as a way of like, hey, Henry, your restaurants are unsafe now. Your restaurants are ruined now. Because of what you did to me, or because of what you did to Fallfest. If that's true, the wound first inflicted on me could be the missing child incident and then Charlotte. I don't know. I don't know. This this game seems to be linking Charlotte with the missing child incident. It really, really does. Faz Force, Missing Child Incident, Puppet. The Graves. Dude. Sorry, my cat is attacking my set. The Graves. Missing Child Incident, Charlotte. The puppets, the, the puppets, I keep saying puppet, the puppet, the dolls with the mask on the missing child incident, Charlotte, 1983 being linked with like this game to me is saying, Hey, Charlotte and the missing child incident are like right next to each other. So I don't know. It's really interesting. Seekers. Thank you for your theory. We have run super long and I didn't even get to talk about everything. I wanted to talk about like, what's up with baby. Is Michael Afton involved in here. I, so we're going to be talking about this again. I even get to talk about Jeremy Fitzgerald being Cassie's dad. So probably next podcast, we're going to go into it, but we're at 51 minutes and we are running super long. So <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, we're going to be doing more podcast episodes about help on two for sure. Um, but once again, if you have any questions or theories you want talked talk about on the podcast, you can get to Freddie Fazbear pizza podcast at gmail.com. It is in the description so you can copy and paste it, um, but it's literally Christmas Eve at two forty-eight PM. I gotta go. Um, but thank you for watching the Freddy Fazbear Pizza Podcast, where the pizza abilities are endless. We hope to enjoy your future patronage. Bye bye for now.